Hello and welcome to those Vicar Blokes. I'm Howell the Nerdy Vicar. And I'm Dave Coaches. So, uh, Dave, have you been up to anything this week? I can't remember that I've been up to anything. Anything I, at I, all? I've, I've baptised a baby. That was nice. You oh, know, that's all right. That was a nice to a baptism, wasn't it? And I was seer at St. Nick's leading that service with you, and I? Well... Not that you were leading it, but what service was that? You know, the parish Eucharist. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The parish that was Eucharist. nice to see so many people gathered from the four churches. Yeah, that was all right. So yeah, that was good. And I did. But I've not done anything personally very exciting. Oh, outside of work, I went to. Well, I did the all. Oh songs. no, I did. I went to Zaza's. You went to Zaza's. Remember I told you oh, I was going yeah. to Zaza's for my lad's eighteenth. I how, went. How much? How much did you eat in Zaza's? Okay. Then? How no. fat are you going to be at Zaza's? No. The, Listeners, be warned, this is not very nice. <laughs> you can tell you've eaten too much when you can't keep it down on the drive home. Oh, no. So, actually, the ice cream oh. that I finished with didn't manage to make it to my stomach. Um, oh, that's so grim, dude. So, yeah. Are you like one so- of those real sickos who had the kind of plate? And you have the automatic ice cream machine. You get a big, massive... No, I didn't have that much ice cream because I knew I didn't have that much room. But I I also knew that if I went without the dessert, I'd feel like I hadn't had value for money. So Um, you're so mean. You had so much... Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, that's grim. uh, So I made myself rather unwell um, from Zaza's. From Zaza's. Oh, that's so mad. That's so bad. That's so Dave, to be fair. (laughs) so Dave. You want to get down the... I went down the gym. You should have come down the gym with me. It'd be better for you. It might be, but yeah. Uh, so I did. Um, I got a new record on um, uh, deadlift, so that was good. I got. Um, I put. I went up to the the red ones. So you got like on the on the racks, right? You know, yeah. you got the the racks. You got the deadlift. So this twenty five. The red ones are twenty five kilos. So I did seventy kilos. Right. So you're twenty five either side, and the bar is twenty. So I did. Uh, 10, no, 8 reps of 70. So I was chuffed with that. Yeah, good for I was you. going out, yeah. So I've gone up from 50 to 70, so it's not bad. In over uh, about 18 months, something like that, maybe a bit more. But, yeah, so I was chuffed with that. So I went down the gym. What else have I done? Uh, just work stuff, really, you know? You know? Yeah. Yeah, just work stuff. And, uh, oh, I went to Cardiff yesterday. That was nice on the day off. All right. Went to get some records from the record shop down there. And I got some uh, Welsh cakes from the Welsh cake shop. And I had lunch in Cardiff Market. Now, uh, Cardiff Market is the best place to have lunch. Is it? Yeah. What makes it so good? Well, they've basically got all sorts of different food stands, like street food. So yeah. So you had the Japanese one, right? Yeah. Upstairs. So I had this really nice Japanese rice thing uh, with some Japanese chicken. You've got Polish, you've got Italian, you've got Indian, you've got all sorts up there, all like street food. You've also like got normie stuff like full English breakfast. Right. And it's quite reasonably, reasonably priced. So you can either have the exciting food, like I had the Japanese food, and uh, or you can have the normie day food. Over the road, like that. So Hang on, like, a minute. That's not no, a, Dave That's food. not a fair painting you're painting of me. That's oh. a fair picture you're painting because I wouldn't go for the Normie Dave food. Well, no. As you're referring to it, if there was all that choice. Well, no. What would you no, go I'd for? I'd be coming for something new and different. Oh. Well, you had too much new and different. Yeah, it did, yeah, yeah, didn't, yeah, didn't so mix like, very well. So, what are we on about today, and Dave? On you? Uh, we are on about um, the new word of 2023, um, as declared. AI. AI. Because that's a word. Um, we are talking about, um, 
the commemoration of the faithful departed. All so, Souls All Day. Souls. Yeah, yeah, All Souls Day. And we talk about Stranger Things. Yeah, which was all right, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, all right. Stranger Things is on Netflix. So hold on for the music and uh, here we go. Right, and Dave, what's in the news this weekend? The news this week is that um, AI is the word of the year for 2023. AI, you mean artificial intelligence? No, no, AI is the word of the year for 2023. But that means artificial intelligence. Well, I know what it means, but no, as a word. Oh, AI. right. Uh, it t- to me sound like a word, see? It sounds like two letters. Well, it's an, an abbreviation, isn't it? Artificial intelligence. Yeah. So how it made it to be word of the year, I don't know, but well, because it's on everybody's uh, lips, see? Yeah. Because we keep saying it and we keep putting it in print, and um, so, so so it opens up the wider subject, of course, of of why is it the word of the year? Are we um, excited about it? Are we nervous about it? Is it something good or something bad that affects us? Well, dun 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 dun. You know what that is, don't you? Yeah, no. Well, don't you? Dun 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 dun. Terminator, isn't it? Oh, uh, right. Yeah, yeah Term- Terminator's come in. Uh, what a He's boring come- couple of films that was. But what? Terminator's a boring film? Yeah. You don't like the Terminator films? No, they're right. I was just going to kill Dave. Then I was just going to kill Dave. <laughs> you can't. You can't say the Terminator is a bad do, film. Do you know? Sometimes in the adverts, you say thanks for watching. Yeah. You know, and it would be great to have the webcam on. So it was one of the same things like that. People can see your face and what you're looking at. Me like totally horrified at your bad taste of uh, Terminator, Terminator films. Terminator's all right. I was. Uh, yeah, it's all right. Arnie is best. It is. It's excellent. So Terminator films, if you don't know what they are, is the ones from 1984 and 1991. There are some other... Far apart. Yeah, Terminator 1, Terminator 2. There's the other Terminator films. I haven't seen the the latest one because I've I've heard so many bad reviews, but the more recent ones are just terrible. I probably didn't watch either of them until the early 90s, and I think I saw two before one. Yeah, I saw two before one, because it was a 15, not an 18. So, in the Terminator uh, franchise of films, basically, the computers have taken over the world, isn't it? That's what it's about, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And how uh, Skynet, which is the computer that runs the defence of uh, America, is artificial intelligence and becomes self-aware. And then on Judgment Day, which is August the 27th, 1997... Launches all the America, all the missiles at Russia, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, and then everybody dies. So that's why people are frightened of AI because of Terminator films and stuff like that. Really? Yeah? Well, part of it is, I think. Oh, I do think there's that. There's lots of films about the dangers of AI, isn't there? This is a bit like blaming everything on Marilyn Manson. No, no, I'm not I blaming think... it on it. I'm just saying that... It... Well, I, I, yeah, I think that's a little bit simplistic. Yeah. I think we're frightened of the unknown. And actually what we don't know is is what's, what it's all about. So it can be a bit frightening. Yeah. I think AI is terrifying, though. 
I think it yeah. is. I think it is an existential threat to us as human beings. I think it's really frightening. That's not just because I like the Terminator films. I think that if they, you know, artificial intelligence is going to and is is at the moment destroying thousands and thousands and thousands of jobs. Yeah. Well, this you know. is a conversation that's taken place between um, Rishi Sunak, who at the time of record is Prime Minister of... Um, at the time of place. recording! <laughs> and, uh, and Elon Musk, who is, is heading up lots of things at the moment, including um, X as a platform. Yeah. So they've had a conversation, and, and Elon Musk has told Rishi that... Um, our work will be replaced by AI, which I think has been going on for quite some time. You know, lots of things went robotic. Yeah. It just needed more of, of human in, intervention to make the robots function. Well, I used to work in robotics, right? And my robot, that there was, it was a Biomech FX robot, and it could do the work of, um, let me think... We used to do half a million genotypes a week, so that's half a million samples a week, right, at the beginning. And that would probably take about 50 technicians to do that in a week, roughly. So that was 20 years ago. So robotics has been with us for a long time, you know, like cars, everything. But I think the difference with AI is now affecting, rather than the poor, it's affecting, um, rather than, getting rid of semi-skilled workers not the technicians are they actually highly skilled workers but things like people working on assembly lines semi-skilled yeah. workers it's now affecting white collar workers which is why people are starting to talk about it so things like chat gtp right yeah and things like that so people do that don't they students use it for essays you know you can write yeah. things with well, it yeah that was you one know. of the reports i read this week is that AI potentially makes us considerably less intelligent as a species. Um, and, and and if you can use it to write your essays and you can still pass, then it's, it's very true that, that you haven't acquired the intelligence that it takes to do that. Yeah. Um, it's a very sophisticated way of cheating, really, isn't it? Yeah. But people use it in work as well. Like People use ChatGTP to write... You could use it to write a sermon, couldn't you? Well, I could... What would be the difference well, no, between works. you know your sermon and an AI sermon then? Oh, you'd be careful now because we'll get back to that charismatic issue that we oh. disagreed on. No, um, but that's quite interesting though. What would be the but in our industry then? What would why couldn't you replace you with a robot with a with a you know a, a AI Dave? AI Dave wouldn't be spirit led. Yeah, because um, you can take all the scripture into the system that you like. You can feed all that in, and but then the interpretation can not be as um, nuanced through what I would see as guidance of the spirit. Um, so it would be much more bland then. Potentially, it would be but like, then you could program it, it to be much more interesting, couldn't you? But it wouldn't um, be real, would it? It would write some jokes in for me and everything. Oh, right, yeah. Um, but it wouldn't be as real, would it? No. And real in real in like a kind of embodied sense. Well, it, wouldn't it, it be... takes away the human error. Yeah. It would um, be too perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And I think 
the thing with AI and stuff is there's something in AI called the embodiment problem. Sorry, this is going to be really nerdy now, but I'll try and make it less nerdy, right? Is when if you're going to really, really get nerdy, yeah. I wish that we started talking about the COVID inquiry. No, we're not going to talk oh, about no, that. You'd That's, get nerdy about that as well. Yeah, I would get nerdy about that as well, yeah. Um, but I think it's it's the embodiment problem. So what that means is when they first started to do computer programming, right, yeah, is say they were trying to build a robot to clean a house. So, you know, back in the 60s, they had this idea that everybody would have a robot that would go around and vacuum yeah, and stuff. They're yeah, they're quite cheap now. Yeah, but they, they, yeah. But the problem is, right, is the robot, they thought it'd be really easy to program the robot to know that what was in front of it. Yeah. Right, and then go around it and know the difference between different things. But the trouble is, there's an infinite range of possibilities to interpret a picture. So if it saw something on a camera, it's really difficult to program a computer to know what that is without using artificial intelligence. Because it's a computer and it doesn't have a body. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Right? So because it doesn't have a body, it can't interpret the world. And what AI does is it sort of gives it a body in some ways so it can interpret it better, but it can't actually fully do that because it can't make it fully embodied. It'll always be an in, like a kind of cartoon version of a person. It won't be a full person. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So if we go back to the bus trip, right, as human beings, we are ensouled creatures. That's what we have yeah. with Adam and Eve. We're matter that's given a soul. Yeah. And what AI is, is 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 a soul without matter. It's just a bunch of abstract ideas without actually putting those ideas into practice. It's the word, not the word made flesh. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes some sense. So that's why it can, in a sense, it can never be fully human because it can't be in our bodies. But it's not trying to be fully human, though, is it? It's trying to be better than fully human. That's the scary thing. Yeah. That's the scary thing. Is it? It can't understand humanity. But it also can't exist without humanity. No. So therefore, it's not quite that dangerous. But if we're messing about with things that are dangerous, maybe we should stop messing about with them. Well, isn't that the isn't that the the same story with uh, Adam and Eve in the garden? Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Don't. But funny how we never seem to learn our lessons. <coughs> well, that's the same story as the rest of the Bible, isn't it? Yeah. Is we we never learn our lesson? Is it in the in the garden? It said, "Don't um, don't eat of the knowledge of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil." Because then you'll know too much. Yeah. Be careful with what you're doing. Yeah. And we didn't didn't listen. No, we didn't listen. No. That's the tr it's Pandora's box, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Don't open the box. Don't open the box. What's in the box? Oh dear. Seven. That's a good film. Yeah. Don't open the box. That's a good film, actually. What's Seven. Yeah. Don't in the box. Box. We might review that one there. Actually. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um. But that's the thing. So, I think. The scary thing with AI, really, is the jobs thing, is that there's lots of jobs that will be replaced by it. Yeah. And what are we going to do with all the people who can't do those jobs? Yeah, because robots, they're not so good at paying tax, are they? No. No. And you can do graphic designers, right? Is that you put into, like, Canva now, 
you can buy the extra Canva add-on for £15 a month, right? And you can put in, say, Christmas Tree Festival, and it'll, the AI will draw me a uh, graphic design logo for it and everything. Yeah. So that's that's gone, isn't it? And that's just a simple thing, and I can do that now. There's loads of stuff that is just going to be obsolete. Yeah. And the people who make money off it are going to be the likes of Ian Ma- uh, Elon Musk and all of them, innit? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what... what and I think it's, it, it, this is, again, why I don't watch the news, because this is a major problem that we're facing as a species, and occasionally it's in the news, but actually this should be front and centre about how we actually, what we're well, actually doing. Well, it's quite doing. interesting how I caught wind of it, though, <clears throat> isn't it, really? Because I caught wind of it because it was word of the year, not because of any big news report about its dangers or its benefits, but because, oh, word of the year's been announced and it's AI. Yeah. Oh, right, okay. But it's not actually saying, you know, moving forward, what what's going to, you know, what's going to replace all these jobs which are being made obsolete? Do you think that AI could do a better job of running the country than 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 the government? Well, that's one of the that would be one of the things that they would say. And that's not an unheard of. Do you remember Buck Rogers in the 25th century? No. Do you remember Buck Rogers? No. Biggie, 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 and you all that. Watch much more geeky stuff than me. Well, it was on when we were kids. You know, when he, he goes forwards into the... I, I had to watch all the stuff on the telly when I was a kid. I had to oh. watch whatever sport was on at the time. Anyway, in Buck Rogers in the 25th century, right, yeah, he goes forward in time to the 25th century, and the government is run by computers. Right, they go around with these computers. Not by, not by senior civil servants. No, right? by computers. Oh, right. Yeah? Yeah, it's not a put. What's he? What do you call it now? A Podoma or something? Is it uh, a Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I had to look that up. That's what. Right. Yeah, a Potomkin is is like a fake world, basically. Right. That's what um, Cummins was on about. Is um, yeah. So the the world is run by computers, right? Yeah. Because what happened in Buck Rogers was that there was a uh, nuclear holocaust and we blew all of ourselves up, right? Which is what everybody thought yeah. was going to happen. And in the ashes, from the ashes of that nuclear holocaust, they decided that human beings shouldn't be trusted to make decisions. We should leave it all to AI. Oh, right. I and see. that was in the 80s. Oh, that was a bit ahead of its time, wasn't it? But... Well, 70s, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, t- t- Terminators. But that's the thing is we, this is the other thing, is that we are losing faith in ourselves as human beings and asking just asking that question is quite scary, isn't it? Yeah. That we've lost faith in ourselves. That we can build a perfect society. We can't do it. We failed to do that. So we'll just get the AI to do it for us. Yeah. Whilst at the same time we moan about being controlled. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Because what we've done is we've rejected those two things from Genesis. The fall. Be careful what you do. And also, yeah. as well, the idea that we actually embodied yeah. humanity. Would you like an AI girlfriend? That's the other scary thing. I'm very Wish happy you... with the wife that I've got. No, but it... I haven't got time for a girlfriend as well. No, but that's the scary thing. Like The Japanese blokes are all doing these AI gay girlfriends and stuff, isn't it? 
that's, that's just an extension of having a Tamagotchi instead of a pet, isn't it? Well, I don't know. It's sort of really weird. It's like I've had adverts on on the on on like social media. You do realise those adverts are tailored, right? Well, oh, yeah, it's forty odd year old bloke, isn't it? You know, so you get. Um, I've had adverts for like, do you want to have an AI chat? Do you feeling lonely? Do you want an AI chat? No, we've not had those. I'm new. No, and I'm only a little bit younger than you. Oh, so. well, that's the thing. There's a lot of lonely men out there who have must, an AI no, girlfriend. You must know how nerdy you are and think that you'd be more into AI than I am. Well, I'm not I'm not really interested. But that's the thing. It's all dehumanising, isn't it? Yeah. So I think, I think to sum up this, really, I think is what Christianity gives us is a true reflection of what being a human being is. And when we reject that true reflection of humanity we end up believing that AI could be human and go down some really dark roads, really. Yeah. Because if you think about it, and maybe this is something to think about more as well, is we reject Christian morality and we go for utilitarianism, which is the good of the many outweighs the good of the few, right? Yeah. So if you're an AI computer and you told the computer that you have to run society so that the the good outcome, the maximum happiness for the most number of people, that's its job, right? What would that computer do? What could that computer do to bring that about? It, it, it would pick which people it loses. Yeah. It makes choices about who's, who's of value and who's of not. Yeah, but that's the other thing with that real basic simulation on, on that ethical dilemma. Isn't it? Is, um, does it? What does the train wipe out the five people or the one person? Oh, the trolley problem. The trolley yeah. problem. Yeah, uh, and the reality is, it depends on what color shirts they're wearing, as to what happens to them. Hmm. And that's the reality of society: as we decide things not on numbers, but on the value of the people being determined. Yeah, because if it was your son and t- if it was your on the trolley problem, what that is is a way of explaining this is that you've got a, a train that's going forward and you're by uh, a point of the train, so you can make it go either way. So you can make either the train kill, say, a hundred people or one person. So what would what's the ethical thing to do? So what they would say is, oh, will you make it kill one person to save the other hundred? Yeah. But if that one person was your son. You'd kill a hundred, wouldn't you? Well, theoretically, you would. You would, yeah. You would, yeah. Yeah, you would. Because you have to be quite extraordinary to sacrifice your own son for the benefit of many, don't you? Yeah. There's some examples of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's some... So maybe the trolley problem did work with Jesus. That's the difference, you see, is that the good thing to do is to sacrifice yourself voluntarily for the good of others, which is the Christian way of doing it. While the computer would force the weak in society to sacrifice themselves for the good of the strong. Yeah. Which is what we did in COVID, wasn't it? Well, apparently. Apparently. Yeah. So let's hope the computers don't take over and uh, we sort of remember who we are as human beings by following Christ. I like that with the trolley problem. That's really good.
So thanks for listening to those Vicar Blokes. Don't forget to uh, subscribe and comment. If you're on Substack, you can comment underneath. Be nice or not so nice. You never know, innit? Yeah, never So do. Yeah, so please comment on that and share it around with your mates and make sure you subscribe. Right, so this time of year now, we're recording this on, what, the 3rd of November, isn't 3rd it? 3rd of November, yeah. Yeah, so yesterday was All Souls Day, and across the mission area over the... Are, are you doing your All Souls this Sunday? This or Sunday you, coming, yeah. So Dave's doing it this Sunday come in. We did it last Sunday. So All Souls is uh, a festival the following day after All Saints Day, but we tend to um, transfer it to the Sundays, don't we? Yeah, well, well, we have this year. We didn't last year. We observed it. It fell on a Wednesday, and we did a Wednesday. Oh, did you? Morning on a Wednesday evening. All right. Um, commemoration, but for whatever reason, we've gone for the Sunday this year. So, do you want to say what All Souls is then? What actually happens on an All Souls service? Well, well it's at, the, uh... the commemoration of the faithful departed is how it's how it's termed in in the Anglican Church. All right. Yeah. I think it always was, but you know it. All Souls is what it's more commonly known as. And it's a time when we remember those that we've loved and cared about, but who we've lost. Um, and we pray for them. Um, yeah, fundamentally, that's it. So what we do what we do this end, and what, what I've always done other places, is you write to everyone who's lost a family member in a funeral that year or the year before. Yeah. And then you invite them to come, and then they light a candle, um, and then we read out the yeah. names um, uh, in memory of the person who's died. And then with us, we've got this um, memory tree or remembrance tree where we've got these little crosses they can write names on, and hang them on the light-up tree, which is quite nice. Yeah. So we, we do things like that as well, just a way of... So what's its purpose? What? What's the purpose of, of doing it? Of All Souls Day, yeah. I think, I think there's two things going on with it. The first thing is it's a way of remembering and giving thanks for the life of the person who's died. Yeah, and I think that's really important for people in the grieving process to have a positive way to remember somebody. Um, and as well, I think the other thing that's key as well is because everybody comes together who's lost someone that year. Actually, it shows that people aren't isolated in their grief yeah. so they can meet other people who also in the same boat so it's a pastoral thing really in that sense and i think the reason it is this time of year uh we talked last week about halloween being this time of year yeah it's the same reason is as it gets darker um bereavement gets more difficult i think when the world gets darker because our mood is reflected by the world around us. So it's a way of helping people who are bereaved at a time of the year where it's difficult for them and going to get more difficult for them, especially as you yeah. reach Christmas, isn't it? Yeah. So that's that's really the memorial So you're not side going back it. to your Roman Catholic route in your explanation? What, praying for the dead? Like? Praying for people to go out of purgatory. Well, 
What's your understanding of purgatory as someone who wasn't who wasn't brought up as Catholic? Although I it was I bad. It was bad. I don't have an understanding of purgatory because I don't believe in its existence. No, but what somewhere do you, that you go when you die. But what do you um, what were you told about it? I would be interested to find out. I don't know that I was specifically told anything about it. I mean, you've got to bear in mind that that people who normally go to a parish church um for things that they don't that they don't recognise, they tend not to talk about. Um, it's only in the in the canons of the Church of England and other denominations that it specifically says things against purgatory. Mm. Whereas you don't study those through no, but not study years, and so therefore I don't know that I had any understand of it until um, getting more familiar with the canons, and even then was easily dismissed for me because there's no biblical evidence of purgatory but what i mean is yeah so what i mean is 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 the we absorb information a lot of the time not through stuff that's directly said to us it's just stuff that's in the culture yeah do you see what i mean right and i think but so for you was there a culture of is it of its existence yeah. See, because for me there wasn't. No, no, no. What I mean is, is it is what what I've often found in my Christian journey, right? Yeah, is that what I was taught in church, right? Particularly when I was a Catholic, yeah. right? And the reality of what I was taught in church and what I was told I believed by others, yeah, was completely different. And that's that's the kind of founding experience of me is that what what I was what I was told I believe because I was Catholic or because I was a Christian yeah and what I actually believed is very like you must have had that experience where people say you believe this and it's something really crazy yeah yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. yeah yeah and I think there's a lot of that going on with praying for the dead where we live in a a culture which is um for historical reasons sort of anti-catholic because of where we where because we live in england yeah do you see what i mean yeah um and i think fundamentally people mm. are uncomfortable with praying for the dead um because well, we're not we're not necessarily clear on exactly what we're praying for them for we like to pray for specific things as opposed to you know or oh, i pray that um that family down the road are going to have enough money to feed their children. Um, I yeah. pray that their ill health gets better. You know, we pray for specific things for people. Whereas when we're praying for the dead, it's not necessarily very well explained what exactly it is we're praying for. And so I think the Anglican view or the, or the, even the free church view of what the Roman Catholics do is that view, which is why I asked you the question provocatively. Yeah. Of, of, of is that we're praying people out of purgatory that, that there's very little evidence of its existence. It's a, it's a um, philosophical thing yeah. rather than a biblical thing. Whereas in reality, I think what we're doing is <clears throat> we're reiterating our hope in an eternal kingdom. Um, that stays as an unblemished eternal kingdom where our loved ones are at peace. I think that's not a million miles away from the Roman Catholic view, actually. Well, that's what I suspected. Yeah, I think um, I think what we've got 
in lots of ways, is a kind of cartoon version of what Catholics believe, which is what's given to us through the Reformation. Yeah. And that isn't actually what Catholics believe. In the same way that secular people today have a cartoon version of what Christians believe. Yeah. And I think, so what, what the Catholic understanding of purgatory is, is we'll start off with that and then we can go, is basically that it was thought that it was unjust that if we, uh, and it comes from the idea of the judgment seat of Christ in uh, Revelation. So this idea that if we're really, really bad in our life, for example, right, yeah, really, really yeah. awful, and then we have a kind of deathbed conversion, yeah. right, is it just then for that person to go straight to heaven, right, yeah? Or would there be a, a, a stage of purification for that person, right, as they journey towards God? That's what they. That's the idea. So it's the idea is that salvation is a gift from God, which has always been Christian doctrine, even for the Roman Catholics, no matter what people say. Right? It's in the Catechism. You can read yeah. it. So the idea is that there's a stage of purification where people journey towards God before they're finally redeemed. So does that make sense? Yeah. So if so we it's a temporal at- it, that Christ's suffering releases us from eternal punishment, not temporal punishment. So there's always consequences then for our sin. That's the thing. And what prayers for the dead would do was aid that journey towards their final destination. That's a good film, Final Destination. But uh, for, towards their, their the first heaven. One the first one, yeah. yeah so that's the, that's the idea. The reason that it's got a bad reputation is because it was massively corrupted and really awful in the late Middle Ages where the printing press turned up and they went round flogging indulgences. So it was, it was a, I think it was a, it was a, at heart, a good pastoral doc, good pastoral doctrine with good intentions and good sort of theological ideas around it, whether you agree it or not, which was then corrupted when basically the mafia took over the, the Medicis so, and that, and so, the Borgias took yeah. over the church. So it saves you being the guy at the wedding banquet who's not wearing the right clothes. If we think back a few weeks to our lectionary readings, yeah. So you are wearing the right clothes in a sense, but you, uh, you, it takes you a while to get in the door, as yeah. it were. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So you're wearing the right clothes. You're invited to the banquet. I think of it in a. Uh, this is just not Catholic doctrine, but I think of it like this: is Jesus is at heaven, in heaven, saying to me, how well would you like to come in, please? And you have the ticket to come in. And I say to him, well, Jesus, I'm not sure about that because uh, there's a lot of people in there that I, I, I don't really want to bother with. And Jesus says, well, don't you think you should forgive them? And then there's a, yeah. a process I go through, not that God is turning me away, but I don't want to go in. Like my joke with Anglicans, they're all outside heaven going like, well, Jesus, I would go into heaven, but, you know, the hymns you've got singing there, they're not traditional enough for me. Yeah. And um, it's not that my type of service, really. Yeah. I think that's the way I look at it, but I, which is well, similar we'll get to, to that in a few weeks when we look at what is worship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. part of our yeah. Advent. But I think... Stuff. 
But I think that's the thing with. But I think purgatory has been because it was so corrupted in the late medieval periods. Yeah. It's difficult to understand what it is. So, so what do you understand by as a card carrying big Anglican the prayer for the dead? What what do you understand for it then? As I say, for for me, it's that that idea that um, it's as much for the people that are left behind as it is for those that are in heaven. Yeah, um, and it's a case of um, reaffirming our hope in the eternal kingdom, and that it's as peaceful and joy-filled as it can be. Yeah. When I pray for it, I think I use the image a lot of the time of the harrowing of hell, you know, the thing where Jesus, there's that picture of Jesus taking the hands of Adam and Eve and lifting them up into heaven. Yeah. You know, that one, the Greek Orthodox one. And the thing that always gets me is the funeral visit, the funeral reading of, I go and prepare a place for you and I will come again and I will yeah. take you to myself. So to where you are, there I may be also. And you know the way to the place I'm going and Thomas says, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 14, 1 to 6. Yeah. So you've done enough funerals to know that one without thinking, in it? Um, but I think with that one, that with praying for the dead, is that idea of Jesus coming again and taking us to himself, is that idea of Jesus coming to get us in death and leading us to the Father. Yeah, but see... I, but that is biblical, isn't but it? But I believe that's already taken place before we get to the 2nd of November, see. But I can't know that for certain. So, uh, you know, and if we if we look at things like Ezekiel, hmm. we, we don't know. Nobody knows the time nor the place. Not even the Son, only the Father. You know, there are elements where my my view of that taking place might be wrong. Oh yeah, um, so I'm not saying it's covering the bases because that's not what I mean. But what I mean is that that no matter what you believe, I still think it's an important element of uh, of our prayer life and our spirituality. Yeah, I I think as well is all prayer is asking God to fulfil a promise that He's already made. Yeah. And I think what we're doing in praying for the dead is asking God to fulfil a promise that we know he's already made and will do. Well, I think there's huge elements of that in all prayer, isn't there? Exactly. So it doesn't, still doesn't stop us doing it. No. And neither should it. No. I think the problem is, is where it becomes mechanised, and I think this is really important to, to sort of condemn this, really, is where it becomes mechanised, like not like the Catholics do now, because they don't do it now, but this sort of late medieval idea that you know you have to get enough points to get out of hev- into heaven, yeah. and you have to say enough masses, and you have to pray enough times in order to. to- and I think that's what the Church of England in the canons condemns. Yeah, is this idea that we, in some way, have control over someone's salvation through praying today and doing these things today. Yeah. And that's really bad. And that's actually really, I think, I think that's really good, bad pastorally as well. Because if salvation's a gift, we we say to people that you know these people have been saved because Jesus loves them, not because yeah. you are. And we certainly pray- don't want to make ourselves the keepers of the gift. No, which is why it's wrong. 
isn't it? And I think that's what people get mixed up between that sort of medieval practice of, yeah. you know, points in heaven and all that, um, which actually is a corruption of the original yeah. Catholic doctrine, actually, because the Medicis and Borgias wanted to make a lot of money. Yeah. You know, so um, well, I hope that's answered the question, really. I think it's sort of, yeah. Yeah, I hope that's answered the question. It's, well, we give it a go, don't we? Yeah, we did. We always welcome feedback. Yeah. Let us know on the Substack. Oh, yeah, on the Substack. Thanks for listening to those Vicar Blokes. Don't forget to click subscribe, leave us some comments, um, and don't forget where you can find us. So you don't have to listen to us on Substack. You could ask your smart speaker to play us still, um, and you can find us on all good podcast outlets. I think it's about nine of them we're on now. Yeah, I yeah think it's quite a lot. There's loads it? because they automatically go around them all. So we're everywhere. You can even Google those Vicar Blokes and like up we come. Yeah. It's good. So the programme we're watching this week is Stranger Things. Yeah. Dave, do you want to you watch the first three episodes I've of that? I've seen three episodes and I'm I've no idea what's going on. I've seen the four uh, uh three of the is it four four seasons of it, I have. Yeah. Uh, I think How uh, did you miss Stranger Things? You've got oh, kids. Yeah, but they watch that. I don't have to watch it with them. You oh, know, right. I, I bypass all of these cultural phenomenons <sighs> um, quite nicely, thanks. Well, like I, I, I bypass Dawson's Creek, that yeah, sort of thing. Absolutely. Yeah, okay, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, so what do you mean you don't understand what's going on? Do you, well, do you I don't understand, understand what's going on. What What do you think happened in, in uh, Stranger Things in the first three episodes, sir? <sighs> what's it about? Uh-huh. Who knows? Um <laughs> You must have some clue. So, so you've got these kids playing the board game. You've got the the character that's going to get him, and then they go home, right? Yeah. And then he comes off his bike, and then he gets abducted by something. Before you've got that, you've got this guy getting whacked in the lift, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. So there's clearly something going on where yeah. something has escaped or gone wrong, or 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 or. Um, Something's escaped know. this military yeah. research yeah. facility. It's an area, yeah. area 51 type thing was yeah. my initial thought. Yeah, it is, yeah. Um, and and so, so this kid goes missing, but then he's communicating with his mum through the lights. I mean, that's just too far for my brain to take. And then that other girl gets dragged back into the swimming pool, but it was a very Narnia scene that she was... Yeah. Know, um, that she was dragged into some sort of underworld type thing. The upside down. What? Well, uh, yeah, but I haven't reached what it's called that yet. They call that's it, what my yeah. son said to me. Yeah. Have you Have you seen the upside down yet? I was like, what? Yeah. It's another like, world. The underworld thing. The other world. Like, yeah, thing. yeah. That's what the kids call it, but you might not. They might not call it that yet. Yeah. So I haven't reached the bit where they've called it it yet. So. And I think it's the boy that's just been pulled out of the lake. Yeah. They think it's the boy, but I haven't seen it confirmed that it's the boy. And the girl has got powers, hasn't she? Yeah, L. L has yeah. got powers, yeah. yeah. Eleven. She's Eleven, yeah. Powers that are great. I could do with some of those. They're like sort of psychokinetic powers, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. So what, and, and the kids... But I haven't reached far enough to work out why she's got those powers. 
and whether or not it's something that they believe that we could all harness or or what. Well, that's a revealed. Um, it's a mystery that's, thing. That's all revealed in later seasons, really. Yeah, we're not actually. We're not really sure of that now. Even now, like so, are you telling me that they released the whole story over four seasons, and I've got to watch the lot to actually make it make sense? Sort of, yeah. So, why on earth did you suggest we watched it? I didn't. Somebody else did. Right. See, so you didn't like it then. I, I'm not saying that. Yeah, I'm not saying that. I it's got... not my sort of telly. However, I could see myself getting into it because now I want to know what happens. Yeah, it's a mystery program, basically. And it takes too long. Yeah, I think, to be honest, I watched the first um, episode of it and then didn't go back to it because I thought, oh, really? It was a bit meh. And then my son got into it, so I watched it with him, right? And then my daughter got into it when the later seasons came out and then I watched it with her. So I've watched it like three, you know, twice, basically. Yeah. Yeah. For the last two seasons, I've only watched once. It's kind of... I think what I liked about it was... was It's set in the 1980s, isn't it? Yeah. 1984. Each season's a different year. And I think what I liked about it was that it's a window into a world which is different from now, where things are a bit more human. So the kids play board oh, yeah, games together. yeah, that thing coming out through the wall, that was really human. No, no. What I mean is, is the kids playing... Um, Play, kids playing board games yeah. together and then using their imagination with the board games, creating their own fun, creating their own games yeah. that they play. Like, that's something you would have done as a kid. You know, you go and play out. Yeah. And you'd have an imagination where you'd, 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 you'd imagine, oh, wouldn't it be great if, if this was true or that was true? But like the Goonies, yeah. you know, where they, they, they fulfill a child's sort of imaginative fantasy, don't they, yeah. the Goonies? And in this, what if there was another world that we could go to and one of us was kidnapped and by this other world and what if we as kids were able to solve the mystery? That's a kid's film, isn't it? It's, a, it's an old-fashioned kid's programme. Yeah. What if we well, could catch the is, robbers, yeah. yeah? Yeah. Yeah? It's a more innocent time, isn't it, really? I suppose, but because I'm I'm you know, crime drama fan, I'm always waiting for it to be more than the power of imagination. Yeah, but but don't you think it's it's don't you think it's it, what what struck me really was the kids played out. They they had a lot more independence, a lot more freedom than our kids have had. Don't you don't you think that's a real problem that the kids today don't have the same freedom that we had? Because we're all so paranoid and scared all the time. I don't know that kids don't have the same freedom that we have. I think that they ex- they express their freedoms in different ways, and that um well we're back to the AI conversation, aren't we? That um the ways that those outwork are in much more at home on a console ways. Well, I think yeah. If we think about say how my my kids have played right, so like. In the summer, they would play like Minecraft together on on the console, right? And they build a world in yeah. Minecraft, right? Now that's a disembodied 
way of working, isn't it? Yeah. Right? So they're not they're not actually interacting as humans. They're interacting via a computer, well, don't necessarily, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah? But they're still interacting as humans, but mm. via a less personal medium. I think they are, but it's it's a mediated humanity. It's not like... Yeah. It, it's a bit like the difference in the Old Testament and Jesus. Yeah. Right? Jesus comes as a fully embodied human, human where the word is made flesh. And we've forgotten that because what we used to do was um, we used to do dangerous things like pick up scrap wood that we'd find around the place. And we used to have these things called lines, which were old trucks would go up from where the mines were. Right. right? And they were like straight paths, right? And what you could do, you could pull, put these bits of wood together and build like a ramp that you could ride your BMX over and put make a, make a ramp yeah, and do that sort of thing. Which you wouldn't be allowed to do now, would you? Who's stopping anybody? Well, I think we have like kind of helicopter parenting, don't we? We we I would be quite happy for my lad to do that, or my kids to do that, but other parents would find that dangerous, I think, or this is my experience with them growing up, is that they would not like that because they're not supervised, so they wouldn't be safe. So they, our kids spend a huge amount of time now. We're always supervised by adults. I'm and not I, sure that's true. Yeah. How much time do you used to spend yeah, without your you parents? Do you know any of these parents? Yeah. I don't know any of them. Do you used to kids used to? I might be. I'm on about when I lived in Shropshire when they were littler. My kids because they were when they were about seven, eight, nine. They didn't used to go out and play like we did. They used to go out in the morning. Yeah, my kids didn't go out and play very much either. But I don't know if that's because they weren't allowed or because their friends weren't allowed or whether or not they just chose not to. But isn't that weird that they're choosing not to? Well, it might be weird, but I don't know that it's a case that it's parental constraint that causes that. But don't you think, though, that that's... It is... It's an opportunity for learning us. If you think about, say, building a, a ramp like that, right? Yeah, that we did. All, yeah. Right. I'd have to negotiate with my friends. I'd have to learn to do that. I'd have to learn how things are safe or not safe as I ride over it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got to learn to manage risk. I can do that. I've got to learn to cooperate. You know, and not fall out, and all yeah. those sorts of other things. All these skills, which of, of being lost because they're not taught in school. They're actually taught through play and interaction, aren't they? Yeah, and I don't dispute that. What my my area of dispute is whether or not that is um, brought about by the parents. I don't think it's brought about do, by do us. Parents really not want kids to go out and ride their bikes over ramps anymore. I don't know. I think <sighs> I broke my bike doing that. Did it? Good job I didn't break my neck, but I broke yeah, my neck. Yeah, I didn't break my I, uh, Yeah. I don't know. I think I did have that a friend, was my experience. We used to go mountain biking. Um, yeah. And I did have a friend who made several visits to several hospitals, actually, <laughs> uh, as a result of not being able to adequately assess the risks. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing, is that you you, you do learn quite quickly how to assess risks by hurting yourself. Yeah. You? I think it's a mixture of both. I think it's sort of... People are frightened because the TV's made them frightened because they're terrified. And I think as a parent as well, is it's reassuring knowing where your kids are and trusting 
I think we live in a much less lower trust society. So in a high trust society like the South Wales Valleys, is that it was people trusted each other more. So you kind of yeah. you knew if something went wrong, people would pick you up, people would do things, yeah. that sort of thing. So I think it's a it's a mixture. It's not I'm not blaming parents. I did it as well. It's more how we've gone as a society, isn't it? Maybe. Maybe it is a case of that. I, but I do wonder whether or not it's a case of, um, you can let your imagination be reinforced by things that are, um, on their games consoles. You can, you can do more whilst Mm. doing less. You can build a whole world, you know, you can go on whatever it is, um, Sim City and build yourself a hole. Yeah. You you can't do that playing out in the in the in the dirt. Um yeah. it's where imagination becomes a, a non reality but mm, feels more real. Maybe. And I think that's part of the problem though, in a sense, is that I'm not I've done stuff like that, do you know what I mean? But I think I don't think it helps us with stranger things though, because I still don't understand what's going on. But yeah. <laughs> I think the problem, I think, yeah, what's going on with it is you'd have to watch a bit more of it. But basically, it's like this child's fantasy where this monster's captured their friend and they've got to try and find their friend because the monster's captured it. Well, he's dead because they just fished him out of the lake. They've got to, they've got to find a friend. He's not dead. All right. I've just seen him getting fished out of the lake. No, he's not dead. No. You just have to look at it. So I think that's the thing that I got from it. But, you know, it's a bit. I quite enjoyed it, really, in the end. It was kind of all right. Um, but I enjoyed it in that nostalgia way. Yeah. It made me yearn for a time, a simpler time. Or maybe I'm just living in the past, I don't know. Because you're old. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Just an old fart. But I do think, from a Christian point of view, I think it was it's that thing where we are, you know, embodied, you know, we yeah. are, and Jesus is a full embodied person. And yeah. I think we forget that um, with Minecraft, etc. So next week, what we, uh, we'll be talking about the news. We're talking about remembrance next week. Yeah, it? Remembrance, remembrance on Sunday, yeah. you know? Yeah. And uh, what's the telly? Oh, I don't know. Hang on. Right, we found it now. What's it called? We're going to watch Three Little Birds on ITVX, which is a Lenny Henry thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, you sound enthusiastic. Well, it sounds uh, sounds all right. Yeah, anyway, yeah, all right. Yeah, we'll watch that, and I'll I'll um, find someone else to watch for you, or send in your suggestions. Yeah, and there was definitely something that we thought about, but then we can't find it now. So, um, yeah, we'll have a look. But if you have any suggestions, we've had some the best stuff we've watched actually has been the suggestions. Some of it, haven't it? Yeah. You know, in fairness. So if you've got a suggestion and films as well, um, maybe Dave could watch rewatch Terminator again, that would be good. Um so yeah. yeah. We've had an update, haven't we, that we missed some of the Old Testament out. So we've had a request that we look at the wisdom text. Yeah. Like Ecclesiastes. Yeah. Um, we'll be looking at that. Ecclesiastes the week after next. Yeah. Excellent. Right, so we'll see you next time. Ta da. <laughs>
Thank you.